Welcome to the Summerton Church of God Sermon Podcast, a podcast to help you find life, freedom, and purpose in Jesus Christ. The title of my message today is a little bit unusual because I want you to help me title the message today. Because what we're going to talk about is this. We're going to talk about refuge, but I want you to fill in the blank here. Blank is my refuge. Now, I want you to be honest with me today because I know all of us, you know, we're, we're, we can be super spiritual people and we can say, well, God is my refuge. But is he really your refuge? Last week, we talked about Christian atheism and living as believers like God doesn't exist. And how many of you know if we're not careful, we can, in times of trouble and distress, we can live like God doesn't exist. And one of the ways that we live like God doesn't exist is that we turn to other things for help. Not not that it's wrong to to look to other things or other people for help from time to time, but when we're in a pandemic like we're in right now, and when we're in a crisis like our nation is in right now, we, we need to be putting our hope and our trust and our faith in God. We need to be living like God exists. Amen? But what would you put in that blank? If you were to be honest, now for the nation of Israel, other nations would have been their refuge because many times when they were in a season of trouble and distress, They would immediately contact other nations to try to form an alliance. Or if there was a famine in the land, you've heard or maybe you've read that uh, Abraham and, and Isaac, when there was famine, they immediately went down to Egypt to try to find something to eat. So many times other nations became their refuge. But not only other nations, there were also times in Israel's history when their military might and strength would have been their refuge. They thought that they would be able to win the battles that they were facing with their own military might, power. Not that there's anything wrong with military might and power, but there are times when you are under attack when the military ain't enough. And forming alliances with other nations is not enough. Now, for some of us here today, if we were to be honest, we would say that maybe money is our refuge. Well, that's a big one because a lot of people put their hopes and their trust and get their safety from the fact that they have a big bank account, a large savings account, or, or maybe a good insurance program. There's others that no doubt would probably put their refuge, would say that my refuge is in another human being. Because really what a refuge is, a refuge is the first place that you go when you're in trouble. The first place that you go when you're in distress. What is or where is that first place you go or turn to in time of distress and trouble? And let's face it, us guys, we've got our bros. You know, and many times when we are in distress or in trouble, we first thing we do is we pick up the phone and we call them. And some of you ladies, you know, you got your sisters. And uh, the first thing that you do is you pick up a phone or something and and you try to contact one of those sisters in your times of distress and trouble. But the psalmist here in Psalm chapter 46 is very, very clear who our refuge needs to be in a time of trouble. 
And listen, what I'm going to talk to you about this morning, I'm just going to go ahead and let you know now. I'm not going to share any new information with you today. So if you've come today expecting to get some deep revelation, you're probably going to be a little bit disappointed. But here's what I believe. I believe that sometimes when we're in a pandemic like we're in, when we're in a crisis like we're in today, it's not new revelation we need. It's to be reminded of some old revelation that maybe we have forgotten that helps get us through times like this. And so here's what the psalmist says. The psalmist said in Psalm 46, verses 1 through 3, he says, God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake, with their surging. And then notice this word that he gives us, Selah. You find that word a lot in the Psalms. And here's what the word Selah means. It, it, it just simply means just take a moment and think about that. Just relax and chill and think about what you just read. And so that's what we're going to do this morning. Selah. We're, we're going to just take a moment and reflect on these three verses from Psalm chapter 46. I have a lot of people ask me, Pastor, how when you're studying the Word of God, how do you study the Word of God? Well, I'm going to tell you how I study it, line upon line, precept upon precept. Many times I take it a word at a time when I'm studying a passage of Scripture because I don't want to miss not what one word is saying to me in that passage of Scripture. So, so notice here what the psalmist said, and really this is a psalm that is written by the sons of Korah. It's not a psalm that's written by David. It's written by the sons of Korah. There's three of them. They are Levites. And it was a psalm that was written to be shared when they would come together for corporate worship. First of all, to celebrate that God is a faithful God, that God is a God who can be trusted, that God will deliver us in our time of need. But more than just being a psalm of celebration, it was to be a psalm of encouragement. How many of you have ever heard Martin Luther's song, A Mighty Fortress is Our God? This is the psalm that he based that song on. His song, The Mighty Fortress is Our, is Our God, is a paraphrase of Psalm chapter 46. And so the psalmist said this. The psalmist said, God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help. Now look at this. In trouble. Anybody here this morning ever been in trouble? Oh, and everybody else is a liar. You ever been in trouble before? That word trouble means to be in a tight spot. It means to be backed into a corner. And I think we all know what it's like to be in a tight spot or to be backed into a corner. I've got a really good friend of mine that's here today that I grew up with, Patrick Graves. Patrick, will you wave at everybody? Would y'all welcome Patrick this morning? Patrick and I grew up together and... I don't think he would mind me saying this, but we, we got in some trouble together. So we, we know what it's like when you're in trouble to need help. 
I remember one night, and Patrick will remember this story, my, my dad had given me his car. It was a little Fiat, a little blue sport coupe Fiat. I wish I still had it today. And the problem with this Fiat is it had an AM radio, but I didn't have me an eight-track tape player. And you know, man, back in the late 70s, you got to have you an eight-track tape player. So I bought me an eight-track tape player, and I took it on myself to install this eight-track tape player in this car. And I hooked it all up, wired it all up, popped my eight-track tape in there, and man, it played beautifully. I was like, yeah, I'm the man. I know how to install eight-track tape players. And so me and Patrick and my cousin, we were, we were out driving one night listening to the eight-track music in my eight-track tape player. And, and while we're driving, all of a sudden I'm like, y'all smell something? And they started, kind of, kind of, kind of smells like smoke. All of a sudden, I start seeing smoke come out from under the hood of my car. And in just a few moments, it was followed by flames that come up out of the hood of the car. Well, we're driving down a road, and the nearest thing to us for me to pull over was a nursing home. So I pull over into the parking lot of the nursing home thinking that would be a safe place. A place of refuge. And it might have been for me, but it wasn't for those that were in the nursing home. And they began to have to get everybody out of the nursing home because the car by this time was completely engulfed in flames. We called the police department. We called the fire department. They came out. They put the fire out. The car was completely destroyed. And the next day, when my dad was talking to the fire chief who had examined everything, he said, what in the world happened? He said, there was a false installed, false, or badly installed eight-track tape player <laughs> in the car. Now, what I remember is this. I'm driving down the road. Patrick is in the seat beside me. My cousin is in the back seat. We were in a tight spot. We, we were backed into a corner. My cousin, who was in the back seat, was really in a tight spot, really backed into a corner, but that didn't stop him from being the first person out of the car. <laughs> so I know, I know what it's like to be in trouble and to need refuge, to need some help. And all of us know what that's like. We're, we're, our nation right now is in trouble. With this pandemic, our nation right now is in trouble with all of the, 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 the racial upheaval that we have, with, with the uncertainty of our economy and the uncertainty of what uh, may happen, not, not just tomorrow or not just next month, but tomorrow and, and next week. There's so many uncertainties. But he says this, he says that God is our refuge and strength, the very present help in trouble. Now, here's what that means. It means that you and I, even though we are believers... We're not going to escape trouble in life. We're all going to face trouble. We're all going to face difficult times. We are all going to have moments in our life that are full of distress, which requires us to have a refuge. And not just any refuge, but the refuge 
that the psalmist is talking about here in Psalm 46. And here's what we're going to do. We're just going to kind of take it a word and a phrase at a time so that we can get the full meaning of this. But here's what he says. He says that God is our refuge. God, it's the Hebrew name Elohim. It's the the, the name that was used for God when it says that in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. It's the word that is used for the one true God. There were a lot of different false gods, but when this word was used, it was used to describe the one true God. And more than that, it described the one true God who was great in power and in authority. But not just great in power and in authority, but the greatest in power and the greatest in authority because he has all power and he has all authority. He is the God who created the heavens and the earth, created everything that is out of nothing. He is the God who led the children of Israel out of Egyptian bondage and rolled back the waters of the Red Sea and made a way where there was no way because he is the way how many of you know today that when you're facing a situation in your life and it looks like there's no way that you're going to get through that situation that we serve a God who is the way therefore he can make a way no matter what we're facing he's the God who cooled the fire in the fiery furnace so that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego would not be harmed by the heat. He's the God who shut the mouths of the lions so that they would not be able to do any damage to Daniel. He's the God who had the power to raise his son, Jesus Christ, from the dead. That's the God I'm talking about when I talk about my refuge. Somebody help me preach here this morning. God, Elohim. But then notice what he says, God is that's important don't miss that little word because as i said earlier in a pandemic like we're in right now if we're not careful we can live like god ain't instead of living like god lives that he is alive we can live as if god is dead but how many of you know this morning god's not dead he's still alive The Bible tells us in Hebrews chapter 11 that without faith, it is impossible to please God so that he who comes to him must believe, look at this, that he is, that he exists, and that he is a rewarder of them who diligently seek him. Oh, I'll tell you who my refuge is, God is God is alive God exists and I'm going to live through whatever pandemic we may have I'm going to live through whatever crises we may have as if my God lives as if my God exists I'm not going to live like God's dead Listen to me, church. We're not going to live like God's dead. We're not going to live like God cannot be trusted. We're not going to live like God is not faithful, but we're going to live like God is God, and he always will be God. Somebody give him a praise right there. God is. Then he says, our refuge. Now, that's important. As we'll see here in just a moment, that Proverbs chapter 18 says, The name of the Lord is a strong tower, 
And what do the righteous do? The righteous run into it and they are safe. He is our refuge, the refuge of the righteous. To give you a little bit better understanding of that, let's go back to Numbers chapter 35. And in Numbers chapter 35, we read about what is called cities of refuge. And God speaks to Moses and he says, speak to the Israelites and say to them, when you cross the Jordan into Canaan. And he's talking to the Levites and he says, I want you to give them, I think it was around 40 to 45 different cities that would belong just to the Levites. And out of those 40 to 45 cities, six of them would be called cities of refuge. Now we know that Moses would not be the one to cross the Jordan and lead the people into the promised land, into Canaan. That would be Joshua, not Moses. And it says that when you cross the Jordan into Canaan, and when you go to Joshua chapter 20, you read where Joshua did just this. He said, select some towns to be your cities of refuge, to which a person who has killed someone accidentally may flee. And then he goes on and he says this. He said, they will be places of refuge from the avenger, the avenger of blood. Because if you killed, whether intentionally or unintentionally, if you killed a person, then the next closest kin would fulfill the role of an avenger of blood. In other words, he would get revenge. He would get even with you for taking the life of one of his family members. They didn't care if it was intentional or accidental. If they found you, they were going to kill you. And so God is saying these people that accidentally killed somebody, they need a place that they can go to for safety until the justice process has taken place. And so he says, there will be places of refuge from the avengers so that anyone accused of murder may not die before they stand trial before the assembly. And then in verse 25, he said, so the congregation, and here's what I want you to know about these cities of refuge, they were not just places, they were people. The assembly, the congregation. I believe that's what we, the church, are to be. We are to be a place of refuge. So that when people are in trouble and people are in distress, they have a people that they can run to. And so he says, the congregation shall deliver the manslayer from the hand of the avenger of blood. And the congregation shall return him to the city of refuge where he had fled and shall remain there. That's so important. That if you accidentally killed somebody, you were to go to that city of refuge and you were to remain there until the death of the high priest who was anointed with the holy oil. But then notice, but if the manslayer at any time goes outside the limits of the city of refuge where he fled and the avenger of blood finds him outside the limits of his city of refuge and the avenger of blood kills the manslayer, then he will not be guilty of blood. Why? Because the manslayer did not keep himself under the refuge, under a place of safety, under a place of authority. As long as he was where he was supposed to be, in that city of refuge, doing what the commands of God's word 
tells him to do. You remain there. Don't you leave that city of refuge. Because if you leave, then the enemy sees you as open prey to come in and to steal and kill and destroy. Listen, we could take heed to that this morning. That as long as we are under the authority of God. And as long as we are under the authority of God's word then God is going to take care of us. Did you hear me? And God is going to make sure that we're in a place of safety and protection. But the moment that you step out from under the authority of God, and the moment you step out from under the authority of God's Word to do it your way, you are opening a door for the enemy to come in and steal, kill, and destroy. And then he goes on here to verse 28 and he says, because he should have remained in his city of refuge until the death of the high priest. But after the death of the high priest, the manslayer may then return to the land of his possession. I go back to Proverbs chapter 18, verse 10. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The name of the Lord is a place of refuge and the righteous run into it so they can be safe, so they can be protected even through a global pandemic. If you stay under the authority of God, if you stay under the authority of the Word of God, God will take care of you. He'll take care of you. But notice, he goes on and he says, not only is God our refuge, but God is also our strength. Anybody getting weary of this pandemic stuff? Now it's mandatory that we wear a mask. Our governor has made it mandatory, except some exceptions in some places, and again, She's the authority that's been established by God. We need to do our very best to comply to what she has mandated. But I'm going to be honest with you. I'm about to get weary of this stuff. Heat does that to you. I was, I was out working in the yard yesterday. I didn't realize it was the hottest day of the year that it went over 100 degrees. Well, yes, I did. <laughs> After being out there for a little while. I thought I was going to pass out, but hey, my, my yard's got to look good. So two different times I had to go in the house, get under a cold shower, and then go back out and work somewhere in the yard, go back in, take another cold shower to cool down, then go back out and work in the yard. And I still didn't get finished. When I was done with what I did yesterday, I was famished. I was exalted. Exhausted, not exalted. <laughs> Only my wife does that. Exalts me. Yeah. What are you laughing at? <laughs> I was famished. I was exhausted. I was worn out. I was weird because heat does that to you. Has anybody been feeling the heat of this season that we're in? The heat of this pandemic, the heat of everything that's going on racially in our nation, the heat of all of the uncertainties, the heat that comes with the, 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 the uncertainties of our, our, even our, our economy. And sooner or later, the heat gets to you. The heat can wear you out. The, the heat can weary you. But you remember the words in Isaiah chapter 40, do you not know, have you not heard that the Lord is the everlasting God, the creator? 
creator of the heavens of the earth, he will not grow tired or weary. And his understanding, nobody can fathom. He gives strength to the weary. And he increases the power of the weak. You see, when you take refuge in God, do you know what God's going to do? God's going to strengthen you for the journey. God's going to strengthen you for the battle. God's going to strengthen you for the pandemic. He's not going to strengthen you just for the sake of strengthening you. He's strengthening you so that even in the middle of the heat, even in the middle of a pandemic, even in the middle of a crisis, even in the middle of the worst time of your life, you can still be who God's called you to be. And you can still do what God's called you to do because he says he gives strength to the weary and he increases the power of the weak. And notice this, even youths grow tired and weary. And young men stumble and fall, but those whose hope is in the Lord, those who have taken shelter in God, those who have taken refuge in God, those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. Why? So that they can mount up like eagles and run and not be weary and walk and not faint. I'm telling you, we're going to get through this and we're not going to just survive. We're going to thrive through this. We're going to run and not be weary. We're going to walk and not faint. Amen. When God is your refuge, he'll give you the strength to get through whatever it is you're going through in your life. But, but, but then we go back to Psalm 46 and 1. He says, not only is God our refuge and strength, he's an ever-present help. David... He's always available. Always. Always available to help you in your time of need. Always available to help in time of trouble. The problem is so many times we don't let him help us. We don't ask for his help. That's why James says that God resists the proud, but he gives grace, power to the humble. And then he says this, he said, so therefore, submit yourself to God. Submit yourself to God. And then he says this, resist the devil and he will flee from you. You don't stand a chance resisting until you've submitted. Can I say that one more time? The reason why so many people cannot resist the devil and flee is because they won't submit to God and get the grace and the power they need to help them in their time of need. He said that God is an ever-present help. Look, look, look at what the writer of Hebrews in chapter 13, he says, keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have. Stop making money your refuge. Stop making money your safe place. Stop making money your secure place. Nothing wrong with having money, but he's talking about the love of it. And he says, keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have because God has said, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. May I remind you today that in all of this, God has not left us. God has not forsaken us. God has not abandoned us.
And notice what he said. He said, when you understand that he is ever present, he said, then you can say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. Oh, praise God. You can't find a better helper than God. He said, the Lord is my helper, so I will not be afraid what mere mortals can do to me. You see, when your refuge is in God, he gives you the strength you need. And when your refuge is in God, he gives you the help that you need. Oh, but so many people still want to choose their own refuge. Folks, we need to repent this morning. We need to make sure that we have put our trust and our hope and our faith in God because God is the only one who can give us the strength and the help we need to get through this. Amen. And then we go back, Psalm 46 and 1. He said, not only is he our refuge and strength and ever-present help, but he is that in, in, in the middle of it. In the middle of it. In trouble. And then he, and then he goes on. <laughs> And he says this, he says, therefore, oh, this is where it gets good. You remember what I told you about the word therefore in scripture? You're always supposed to ask, what's it there for? Well, because God is my refuge and because God is my strength and because God is my ever present help in time of trouble. Because of that, it is illogical for me to fear. And that's what he says. Therefore, we will not fear. Do you know that you dishonor God when your response during a global pandemic or during a crisis, do you know that it's dishonoring to God to fear? Because when we live in fear, we're, we're, we're saying, well, we're living like God doesn't exist. God, I don't think you can handle this one. I don't trust you, God. My hope's not in you, God, when we fear. But when you know God is your refuge and God is your strength and God is an ever-present help in time of trouble, because of that, it's only logical that you respond with faith. Did you hear me? With faith, I refuse to live in fear. I will live in faith because I know who my God is. And I know what my God can do. And so he says, therefore, we will not fear, though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging. He, he said, now listen, you know, he, maybe to us today, he would say, I know you're in a pandemic. I know you're in a global crisis. I know all of that. But he would probably say this, but it's not the end of the world. <clears throat> but we respond like it is, don't we? This is the end of the world. He's talking about a massive earthquake that the earth opens up and swallows the mountains of the earth. And then the earthquake is so great that it causes a tsunami that destroys everything that is left upon earth. Now, that's bad. That's the end of it all. He's giving us the worst case scenario. The world coming to an end. But yet he says, 
I will not fear. Because God is my refuge. And God is my strength. And God is an ever-present help in my time of trouble. Now, this should, this should enable us to better understand now Psalm 91. Psalm 91 was the psalm that everybody was reading, you know, when this pandemic first hit. But I think we get a clearer understanding of it now because notice what he says. Those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest. Is there anybody this morning that needs some rest? I'm not talking about your body. I'm talking about your soul. Because your soul has been troubled through all of this. He said, those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. This I declare about the Lord. He alone (laughs) is my refuge. He alone is my refuge. He alone is my place of safety. He alone is my God. And I trust him. Do you trust him? Then he goes on in verse 3 and he says, For he will rescue you from every trap and protect you from deadly disease. Oh, but it gets better when God is your refuge. He will cover you with his feathers. He will shelter you with his wings. His faithful promises are your armor and your protection. Do not be afraid of the terrors of the night nor the arrow that flies in the day. Do not dread the disease that stalks in darkness nor the disaster that strikes at midday. I like this. Though a thousand fall at your side, though 10,000 are dying around you, these evils will not touch you. Somebody just missed a good praise break right there. (laughs) And then he goes to verse 9. And he says, if you make the Lord your refuge, if, the question is, will you? Will you today? If you haven't already, will you make the Lord God your refuge? If you make the Most High your shelter, no evil will conquer you. No plague will come near your home. For he will order his angels. And remember, he has all authority. Those angels do what he tells them to do. And he will order his angels to protect you wherever you go. God is my refuge. God is my strength. God is an ever-present help in time of trouble. Now, let me just remind you, I didn't write the Bible. I just preach it. And what we've done right there in Psalm 91 is we've read it word by word exactly what the Word of God says. Now, listen, I believe the Word of God. And I believe that if we make God our refuge, the first person that we turn to in time of trouble, not the last resort. Well, guess all we can do now is pray. Should have done that to start with. 
And so in times like we're in right now, let me tell you, I'm not going to just mosey casually walk to my refuge. I'm running. (laughs) I'm running like my life depends on it. I'm running. Well, I hope that you were blessed and inspired by today's message. We here at Summerton Church of God believe that God is a God who still does miracles. And we're seeing it on a weekly basis. People's lives being transformed by the power of God, being saved, healed, and delivered for the glory of God. And we want you to experience for yourself. So why don't you come and be our guest one Sunday here at Summerton Church of God. I look forward to personally meeting you.